0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast where me
1: and my co-host, me Dan, hi,
0: <laughs> take a subject each week and well cast some views. Can be anything from something that we're interested in, something that's happened in the news, just general chit chat. Really, um, we are a week late just due to some personal issues, but I can advise that we are both well now, <laughs> fighting fit. Um, and we're back, so we hope you didn't miss us too much. As, as fighting fit as we ever were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a lot to be said saying that we're back fighting yeah, fit. Yeah, <laughs> But But yeah, I mean, this episode that we've picked is going to be all about fads. So kind of school crazes, I guess, um, yeah. is one way that we kind of framed it. But just prior to getting into the episode, we've just got a message from some of our podcast friends.
1: Yes, we do, Lou. And this week it's from the Just in Time podcast. So it's run by a couple of guys called Justin and Carter. And again, they pretty much talk about all sorts of topics. But something I think we should introduce into ours, they also drink beers and answer questions. So yeah. I kind of like the drink beers. So. <laughs> Let's hear from them now. We were looking
0: for a laid-back comedy show that covers current events, beer reviews, and movie reviews. We couldn't find one, so we made the damn thing ourselves. The Justin In Time Show. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Right, so, fads. (laughs) I think we were going to start off and kind of go along the principle of school fads and that sort of thing. I figured maybe if we wanted to run this chronologically. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so, obviously, being the one of the two that was born first, <laughs> I thought I'd let you kick off with one of yours. Um, and then maybe, maybe at some point we might have some crossover.
1: Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, so again, sort of fads, crazes, and collections. I think fad and craze are pretty much the same thing. So, again, you know, me being me, I kind of wanted to see what the actual definition was. So, a fad is an intense and widely shared enthusiasm for something, especially one that is short-lived. And a craze is an enthusiasm for a particular activity or object which appears suddenly and achieves widespread but short-lived popularity. Now, not necessarily all of these are going to be short-lived, but I think here in the UK, I think for me, it was was something that came along. And it's for me that kind of comes out of nowhere. And and some of these, I'm not even going to remember how I kind of got into them, do you know what I mean? Because it was so long in the dim and distant past (laughs) But, but kind of the ones that stood out now you know i could probably go into a load of little things and i've got i would probably say i've got quite an addictive personality anyway so if i get stuck into something i almost want to get everything of it just an example when i read jurassic park for the first time the book right I wanted to read, and I did read literally everything else by Michael Crichton because I thought I love, I love, you know, I love this author. I will do it. So yeah, so I think I think I probably try to stay away from a lot of the things. One of the ones unusual ones I remember was: did, Have you heard of the Garbage Pail Kids? Garbage Pail Kid rings a bell, but couldn't say that I would be able to picture them. I think I think it's very very American. So our, our friends over in the States should no doubt know about this. So do you know about the Cabbage Patch dolls or the? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Huge thing here at
1: one point, weren't they? Yeah, so you can kind of see where the Garbage pal Kids went. So they were like trading cards or stickers and trading cards, but they featured different characters, but they were all, uh, let's say, they're children, but they're all very unusual children. They had different mutations or abnormalities or dark, eerie vibes to them. For example, I, I, I wrote down a few of the ones I remember. She had a, a kid called Adam Bomb, and basically, it was a kid pushing a nuclear button and there was an explosion coming out of his head. <laughs> you had Junkie Jeff. Uh, again, it was a kid like had had the top of his head missing and it was full, full of rubbish and like fish bones and that. And there was a cat, I think, eating out of his head. Jay Decay, which was a zombie kid who was climbing out of a grave. And the only other one I, think I remember was called Nerdy Norm, who was a kid basically had cigarettes behind his ears and was actually smoking a cigarette in the car. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, and I think I, I remember I was looking, then I started looking, I think you've got bad breath Seth, armpit Brit, who I think was supposed to be like this young girl with like loads of hair coming from her armpits, horny howl, wrinkled Rita, a pilled pool, bony Tony, who I think was a skeleton. So, you can see they were they were very much the opposite of the cute, cuddly. <laughs> and I think I said upon, upon its release, there was absolutely no question to public that these cars were poking fun at the, the Cabbage Patch Kids. Now, I don't necessarily remember how I got into them or why I got into them. But I just remember loads of people did like this because they were so... I, d- I don't think you could have them now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually googling some <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have you still got any of your garbage pail oh, kids. No, I don't
1: think I've got anything from when I was from when I was a kid. That's a shame.
0: Oh, well, because I'm actually I've actually just stumbled across an article talking about how valuable they are. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> I don't have them then. No, <laughs> <laughs> like estimated in a PSA ten seven and a half thousand. Nasty Nick. Unbelievable. Oh, nasty Nick. That was
1: just, is he the one with the cig- no.
0: Which one was he's um like a vampire that's with right. what looks like a barbie doll or something like that yeah yeah that's um, adam bomb is the second most expensive um, um from what i can see they were just trading cards type thing
1: yes you'd buy a pack of i don't know maybe five or six so kind of like our which i'll come on to later Are kind of like our football stickers or right, you know, Okay. Or, or what is it match attacks now so you'll probably be able to speak more about that but yeah <laughs> yeah they were just cards I, and i don't think you got anything else in them like gum or anything could be wrong but i think again what appealed to me about them was they were just very twisted yeah, yeah looking at them i can't believe how twisted they are actually <laughs> yeah i was i'm seeing one junkie jeff <laughs> oh, that's the one yeah that's what i mentioned i think you might have seen the article when you scroll down have a look at nerdy norm with the cigarettes and you you, you
0: just yeah yeah like smoking like eight cigarettes bottles of coke and coffee everywhere
1: <laughs> but it's something you mentioned in one of our other podcasts it might have been about wrestling. About these were, these were aimed at kids, right? And I think it may have been in wrestling where you said the storylines weren't for kids at the time. Yeah, 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 that's it. This wouldn't happen now. You wouldn't get these cards now. Yeah, I mean, looking
0: at them, I mean, you know, they, the teachers had a problem when we collected football stickers at school. So I cannot imagine how many of these would have been confiscated. I mean, I don't know if stuff like that happened. Did you get them confiscated at school? What was like your policy back then?
1: I, well, I, I think I, I don't think I, I, I really brought them into school. But again, I just think when you see them it, from a far glance, they are just like comicy pictures, aren't they? Cartoony pictures. So I think as long as you were smart, it wasn't going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Fry-, Fry and Brian. And
0: it's a picture of a childlike character being electrocuted oh, on an dude. electric chair. <laughs>
1: <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> what I think if, if I remember right, I think kind of like the, not the controversy, but I think the owner or the manufacturer of the cabbage patch kids did either sue them or attempt to sue them so i think they stopped doing them the way they were to make fun of them and change the design but i think after that they just weren't as popular and i think it's because kids just want the twisted stuff
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh they were actually produced by tops
1: uh, yeah that's there you go yeah yeah
0: yeah they're a huge huge card manufacturer even now they do like the match attacks and all that sort of thing the chrome packages but i've had a look as well and i've seen people like selling them on like ebay now like entire collections
1: oh they, so you can still you can still buy them how much are they? Well, I don't think
0: you could buy them new, but i can, I know that people are selling them online
1: okay and how much are they on oh, what well, did you say like entire collections
0: yeah, so like there's um there's packs of them and there's like Chrome sets that have been released, probably throwbacks, but yeah, I guess it depends card to card what you'd be looking for, so name and number, some of them are going for like four pounds each, just on I imagine the generic ones
1: I mean without remembering them all though, and like I said, I'm probably remembering it with a a slight um what's the word nostalgic nostalgic view all i know for a fact is you wouldn't be able to to have these now
0: yeah having a look at them and and, and i'd implore you to go online and have a look if you're listening to this but but yeah some of them seem very very to the mark stroke beyond the mark for what what i think you could ever get away with releasing now
1: and actually i'm just gonna send you a link i found one while we're talking i'm just looking at some right um first one is called slain wayne and it's a guy it works a guy it's a baby in, basically in a firing line <laughs> <In> a firing. <laughs> he's blindfolded you've got someone one called juicy jessica which is basically i don't know if juicy jessica is the the, the plant that's eating the child or or juicy Je- jessica was the the child that's just been eaten (laughs) so can you see them now i think that's the i think that's the child that's just been eaten i don't know yeah there's like a skeleton yeah i mean look (laughs) at number four pilled pool i mean these are these are actually (laughs) twisted now oh my god scroll down to melting milton i mean oh my god these are these are good at terrifying me now at the time they didn't terrify me but actually now i actually can't believe these were (laughs) these were a thing oh yeah melting
0: milton's a little bit twisted
1: (laughs) unbelievable oh my oh seriously scroll down and look at parmesan number 18 there's a kid grating his arm onto his, his spaghetti <laughs> I... <laughs> oh my god like i said i really doubt these are still going but if anyone's got any recollections of garbage pile kids please don't remind me because now i don't see i'm gonna sleep tonight so
0: <laughs> they are a little bit twisted to be fair. It is weird as well that a big company would, like I said, like Tox would have released a range like this, but I guess they're, you know, they wanted to back- bank on the fad, I guess, didn't they? So, yeah. And do you know what it is? With younger people as well, you always like something that's a little bit alternative to what exactly. like the mainstream's getting into. So it was always, in fact, going to be a
1: winner, wasn't it? Exactly. And, you know, and I think that's why I've kind of put it in as a fad because I think it was something just to capitalize. It was almost like, you know, now you get those, um, those i won't even call them b movies they're like J, H, K movies that rip off like a mainline film when you have to get yeah. like the sci-fi channel or something it's almost like that they, they pump them out within like a few months of the film coming out just to cash in on it and that's kind of what i get these are and I think that's why I've included it in here. Like I said, I don't know how long they lasted, but for me, I think it was short-lived because once you've seen them, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Well, I think it's an 80, specifically an 80s thing. I can't see any any reference to them being much, much later than that. But evidently, I think there was a Chrome set that was released, and that's something tops do, which are like special edition, like more rare, basically. And you can get like ones that are one of five ever produced and that sort of thing. So yeah, there must still be a market for oh God, them. <laughs> i shudder, I
1: shudder to think what would have been on those.
0: Well, you know what? Again, to anyone listening, if you do have any Garbage Pail Kids sat in your loft or whatever, it might be worth pulling them out to see if they're worth any money.
1: <laughs> if you do have them, let, let us know which ones you've got. If, if you've got kids, would you let your kids collect those now? Amazing! Amazing. Because the thing is, if you look through some of them, some of them are actually quite fun.
0: Yeah, some of them are actually yeah, all right. To be fair, I mean, like the Evil Eddie one is literally just like a like a kid dressed as Dracula, basically. So you know, it's not not horrific, but some of them, yeah, are, are pretty pretty grotesque. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what went through my mind as well? Is like the creativity. Of the design department that must have done it. Like, what went through their heads? They were just like, right, okay, we've got, okay, cabbage patch dolls making a lot of money. How can we make cabbage patch dolls 18 plus?
1: Yeah, but sell them to like 12. 12.
0: Do you know what? They must have had just a pot of letters and names in the thing and they would have pulled them out and they would have been like, okay, murderer Mike. Yeah.
1: And they would have been like, I think, I think whoever was designing them, I think there was a lot of smoke in the room. <laughs> Or they went into the video nasty market of the 80s, which was...
0: <laughs> did you have any other, like, twisted ones or, like, inappropriate ones?
1: No, I don't see I, I did. I mean, I'm sure there was probably a lot of stuff that's unsuitable now. It's probably mainly all the the stuff that goes into the toys that are probably banned now, the chemicals or, the um, you know, the paints and stuff that were in the toys. No, I thought what I did do was just look at... So, I, I didn't collect these, but because... These were ripping off the Cabbage Patch Kids. I thought I'd have a look at those because I did remember that those were like a massive craze, and there was quite a lot of stuff that goes on. So the Cabbage Patch Kids were, yeah, dolls. I think they had plastic heads and no hair, and I think I can't remember if they actually did come like wrapped in a fake cabbage. I'm not sure. Uh, and they were the early '80s. But what I did see, there was a thing I found on Wikipedia called the Cabbage Patch Riots. Right, <laughs> so it's got it's got an entry. <laughs> There were a series of violent customer outbursts at several retail stores in the United States in the the fall and winter of 1983. That year, the Cabbage Patch Kids had been released for sale, causing a tremendous demand for the product. Most stores at the time typically only stocked between two and 500 of the product. Yet, with sales as a customer surges, uh, many fought with other customers in order to obtain one of the products. <laughs> the holiday season of 1983 saw several violent occurrences in such major retail stores such as Sears, JCPenney, Wards and Macy's. And I actually said the riots inspired the plot of Jingle All The Way. So we've got a throwback to, um, to our Christmas episode here, right? And, and this is what reminded me of that as well, was in smaller retail in stores such as Kmart, they attempted to control crowds by handing out purchase tickets to the first several hundred customers, leaving hundreds, if not thousands, empty handed after standing in line for several hours. <laughs> And and the final way on this, sorry, the reports of violence included hitting, shoving, trampling, as well as some customers attacking others with handheld weapons such as baseball bats in order to obtain a cabbage patch <laughs> doll. Oh.
0: Amazing. Do you know what it was, right? It's like, I feel like I don't picture this ever happening today because I feel like toys like that don't have as much of a market anymore. But that's amazing to think the dedication of the parents, they'd go tooled up to a toy <laughs> shop. For a doll. <laughs> For, for like, a a $10 or 10
1: quid, like, piece of plastic is mad, isn't it? It's supposed to be something that's nice and friendly, you know, it's child-friendly. And, yeah, like, like (laughs) it's good you've been tooled up like Tony Soprano or something, you know.
0: It's well funny because when people went to buy Cabbage Patch Kids, they actually turned into Garbage Pail Kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, we've probably got the, uh, what's the word, the idea where it came from now. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the pictures
0: on all of the Garbage Pearl kids are just instances of what parents did to other parents.
1: I think probably the Cabbage Patch kids are still going now, so I'm not necessarily calling them in itself a fad or a craze, but the way they were introduced, so the fact that there were these riots, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that, for me, is what what fits in there perfectly. The only other thing, and before we hand over to you, was probably from the 80s, so, so just before you. And again, I kind of put Rubik's Cube, right, Because I know we've still got Rubik's Cube, but I think when it first came out, it was quite short-lived, but really, it burnt really brightly. So I think the Rubik's Cube came out, if not late 70s, I think it came out early 80s. But they were saying, as most people could only solve one or two sides, and I was lucky to probably just do the one side, right? A load of books came out on how to solve it, right? And it says here that at one stage in 1981, three of the top 10 best-selling books in the US were books on how to solve the Rubik's Cube, right? (laughs) <laughs> and the best-selling book of 1981 was a book on The Simple Solution to Rubik's Cube, which sold over 6 million copies. But already by October the following year, sales had fallen and the craze had died. So, you know, so it feels like it was something that came, came on really quickly. But, you know, over the years, they reiterated, don't we? So you, you had loads of other things. You had circular Rubik's Cubes. You had this weird one that I broke within about five minutes. It was like flat squares and you folded them over. And they were connected by a string, and I think I managed to bend it the wrong way and 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 broke it. So that wasn't a great toy for me.
0: Yeah, you even have like nine by nines and ten by tens and that sort of thing now. But they're still like world championships yeah. for like the world's fastest like Rubik's cube salt Rubik's cube solver.
1: Yeah, I think it's come back massively now because of the competitions. I mean. The only way I, I did it was literally I used to bust them apart and put them back together in the right order. Oh, peel the stickers off. Well no, you, well, no, I went more destructive. I think my anger got so much. Yeah, you'd literally, if you jabbed a pen or, or a pencil in it, you could basically, you had one, the, the centre the center block on each one would stay, but you'd then just fit the others in, and I would just fit it back in the right order. <laughs> you'd take, take it and show whoever you saw next, be like, oh, I did it! <laughs> yeah, you just have to hold on to it really tightly, because all the times you've pulled it apart it's just loosened all the the grip on it well you know what as well i think
0: there's actually a reference to it in the pursuit of happiness isn't there oh do you know i don't think i've seen that film yeah so in the pursuit of happiness will smith's character is um gets in a cab with um, like an investor like stockbroker and the um, guy's fiddling about with a Rubik's Cube being like, this thing's impossible and it's only been out for six months in the plot of the film. And he's like, I can do it, I can do it. He's like, no, you can't. But again, the fact that they've used that as a reference to that film just goes to show how it must have been humongous at the time period that everybody wanted one. But there was um, reference as well in the film to turning around and saying, oh, there's only been one person that solved it yet so far. <laughs>
1: well, the thing is, right, look at it it's so simple it's a cube but it's colourful so it's eye catching yeah it's tactile and there's that thing about there's that challenge about no it must be possible and it is possible i mean i haven't seen it yet but there's a and i think we mentioned it probably in our world record episode there's a there's a documentary on netflix and I've seen some of it. I haven't seen all, but like these guys are solving it in like three seconds, something like that. Crazy! They're doing it blindfolded. They're doing two at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah, blindfolded, two at a hard time behind the back.
1: I've seen a guy. Yeah, I've seen a guy. He's juggling them and he's solving them as he's juggling them. I've seen I, mean, as well. I mean, way to rub it in. I just want to. I, I just want to do one without busting it apart. And you're juggling three or four, fixing them. And oh, do you know? <laughs> so so i kind of put rubik's cube down yeah purely because of that because i think it did burst on the scene really quickly and and i everyone i knew was infatuated you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that sound of the, the clicking of the the sides turning do you know what i mean those bloody squares colored squares will haunt me forever because i just couldn't do them you do a side you do two sides but then when you go for the third you, you'd have like then like i don't know like a, a green square in the middle of your your, your yellow Then you just ah, <laughs> oh, just throw it down <laughs>
0: That one's quite a good one as well because I had Rubik's cubes when I was younger, but obviously that's just because you know I feel like everybody had a Rubik's cube at some point. And when you think about it, Rubik's cubes are probably a fad that have been going for absolutely ages. Because again, there's still things that you can just pick up in any, like any shop, any kind of toy shop, really, aren't they?
1: But I remember they used to do. It was like that quick mass market. You could buy mini ones, so like key rings on a key ring.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's almost like the just that attention steal, like, oh i've got a few minutes i'll oh, you know you could pick up a little thing that like, stick on a keyring and just play about with that in your spare time do you know what i mean but it's still that addictive quality i think
0: yeah i guess what what's happened is like the fact that you've got a mobile in your hand nowadays is just giving you the ability to do puzzles on your phone because like, i've got a few puzzle games on my phone that i just do. do you know you're sat on a train or you're in a car like it's just something you skip to isn't it i guess back then you yeah, know yeah. you would have just taken a rubik's cube with you
1: yeah portable gaming yeah, it was, it was a portable
0: game, <laughs> way before the PSP. Yeah, handheld. <laughs> See, that's the only thing. They didn't register your game time, so you didn't need to feel guilty.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you could throw them across the room and not break them as well, though. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What, what about you?
0: Right, now, mine's going to come from my school time, and these are wholly inappropriate. Um, and I've actually got a Vice article about them. So <laughs> they were literally called Shag bands. Who? Shag bands. I've
1: I've never heard of them.
0: Yeah, again, like when I was much, much younger at school, I think it was probably secondary school, so I was probably about 12 or 13 at the time, um, there was a trend of people wearing like these multicoloured bracelets, and they were sold on the premise of being, and I'm putting my fingers in quotation marks here, shag bands. (laughs) And each colour represented something that you had to do. So typically, they were worn by girls, and if you snapped one, the colour corresponded to, like, a sexual act, right? So, basically, the the rule, I mean, technically, the rule, again, all in quotation marks here, was that if a boy snapped one, you and that boy had to do whatever the colour corresponded to.
1: So, when you say snap it, you mean you had to pull it, and if it actually... Yeah, broke, like, sorry, yeah, yeah,
0: like, break, break it, basically. Right. So, I've actually got a Vice article, because when we were talking about this episode, I was thinking to myself, was like, what was a stupid fad at school that, like, is an unbelievable thing now and this was the one that stood out to me so in the vice article it starts with a picture of a woman holding up sorry holding up the shag band code (laughs) Um, and this is the (laughs) the key for for what color represents what thing so yellow is hug a boy orange is a love bite purple is a snog (laughs) oh this is escalating pink is flash your boots oh my word red is a lap dance blue is oral <laughs> black is going all the way and gold is all of the <laughs> oh my god and i can't tell you the storm that came about at school when like teachers found out what these things were i mean obviously none of this ever happened because it was one of those bullshit things that was just a school thing but honestly it was it was really weird I mean
1: I remember even for me as a kid you had these things you tried to pretend you were older than you were but these things never actually happened do you, do you know what I mean it was, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Bit bravado but yeah you wouldn't have that now I mean that's outrageous
0: I know and I remember at one point like teachers then became really really aware of what people were wearing on their wrists and would have them confiscated but from what I remember like the whole principle was that like if you put them on like if you put like the black one on for instance where again the 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 shag band code says go all the way it meant that you were like the bravest because you were willing to wear it at the risk of someone breaking (laughs) oh my (laughs) oh
1: my god
0: but yeah i mean like i said they were a a very very quick thing i think that's because schools um got onto them
1: is that what they were made for or were they just used by that and it was so basically, was it like a a Playground made up game, or was it actually that's how they were marketed?
0: No, so basically, at first, there was basically like a, f- a fad of wearing, do you know, like plastic bands with like um charities and yeah, stuff. On yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a fad where loads of people would wear them, and I think it was um Live Strong wristbands, um, like the charity spin offs, that sort of thing. And then I think it was Claire's Accessories and Nuge Agents were basically selling like gel bracelets. Yeah, yeah. But apparently the year before they came to the UK, they had become known as sex bracelets in America. Right. And loads of American schools had already banned them. And like newsletters were put out to parents and all of that sort of thing. But then eventually the trend reached the UK. And yeah, that's that's where it's America off.
1: corrupting our kids again. Here we go.
0: In a, this is Vice. In a 2005 study, nearly two thirds, or 60 percent of 15 to 19 year olds, said the wristbands signaled their owner's sexual
1: preference and availability. <laughs> I mean, even now, I mean, that's actually quite shocking, right? If that if that's what like the the, the game is. That was. is horrific.
0: <laughs> At the time, people would rampage around the playground, snapping wristbands or cutting them as a joke. Questions were raised. <laughs> If you broke your own wristband, did that have to mean you had sex with yourself? (laughs) What if you didn't have sex with a person? What punishment would you receive? (laughs) Yeah, and then here we go. In 2009, the whole, after it had all started, newspapers caught on. um, And according to The Sun, this brilliant headline, this this was part of a terrifying wave of promiscuous behavior. A 12-year-old girl told the paper... A gold band is the most important, and means you have to do all of the the above. They're pretty rare, so if you find a gold band in a shop, you have to get your mum
1: to buy it. Hold on, what Hold on. The earth is going on? Hold on, this was the sun right that up until only a few years ago would have a, a naked, a topless woman on page three, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, this is also true. It's uh, Ironic, uh, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and they would often go for like get, get them when they were like seventeen, I think, or, or, or eighteen. So yeah, the moral standards there, right? <laughs> It's just, do you know what it is? It's just brilliant, literally turning around and like the
0: the the newspapers having to report on it. So this is the Daily Mail, and again, this is only the article because I'm reading it off of Vice, so they're referencing all of these people. But um, (laughs) the Daily Mail said, "It is their names that causes alarm bells to ring. Shag bands. Each color denotes a physical act, from a hug or a kiss to showing body parts to other acts that would make many adults blush." Imagine them trying to explain it, like that article coming across their desk and be like,
1: we've got a report on this. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, when you first started reading them out, I thought, oh, this this seems nice. It's kind of like just like an accessory version of Love Hearts, you know, those sweets. Yeah. You know, hug me, babe, love you, shag me, <laughs> you know, show, show us that. I mean, no, there, there's it escalated quite quickly on these bands, yeah. Here we go. The MP for Wakefield <laughs> called for under-16s
0: to stop buying them. So MPs got involved in this as well. Absolutely hilarious. I mean, like I said, I don't remember them lasting very long. They were about, but I think as soon as everybody caught on, basically they were they were pulled up um, by teachers pretty much immediately. But again, it was just a stupid, it was a stupid fad that was all, a bit like you said about like, posturing and making yourself look older than you were
1: I guess yeah but again you, you can kind of see why you can kind of see why they were stamped down on because it is yeah it's a bit wrong isn't it yeah this is I what I mean, a mean it's a lot wrong
0: yeah this is what I mean it was just a very weird trend and like I said when I was thinking about this I was just sort back to my school days because obviously like you know fads everybody get jumps on trends and that sort of thing and that was by far the weirdest one
1: yeah. No. Like I said, never heard of them. Yeah, bizarre. And very, very and the, the thing is, you know, getting something with the attention that then people are going to try break it. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's like, <laughs> sorry, what? What are you paying for exactly? <laughs> You might as well just wrap a bit of paper around your wrist and colour it in the one you want because I'm not, <laughs> you know, paying money to have somebody try break them. <laughs> well, I think that's what it was. I think that the intent needed to really be
0: there because there were like these plasticky material things. But, but yeah, like I said, it, it it was weird. It was kind of reserved for kids that were just like badly behaved at school as well, and I guess kind of wanted to like butt the trend of like continuing like bad behavior i guess if that makes sense
1: uh, yeah i mean we could have a whole other thing on this but it is bizarre because i mean i I don't know if if they were around when you were a kid but like when i was a kid you used to have candy cigarettes oh yeah 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 you know and some of them even had like the end of them the tips were like colored red to look like they were lit as well and you would sit there pretending you were smoking a cigarette you know and it's like these (laughs) these were sweets for kids (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I think candy sticks as well were a thing that were banned at school because again people would just like imitate like smoking with them and so that was obviously something that schools didn't like. But I didn't know that they were actually designed like cigarettes originally.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were they were done like cigarettes, yeah.
0: That's mad. To think now as well you can't buy a packet of cigarettes without pictures on them and, and like they're barred in shops and like all covered over now, it's mad to think. Because the thing is it's not even that long in no, reality no, no. but yeah i'm glad to see the back of that trend i think i'm glad <laughs> that it's not come back i mean i don't know because i haven't been a, in, in school for a long time obviously i don't know if they ever came back at any point and were like revived by kids that had like hit the internet and realized that it was a trend at some point i
1: think you always have something i mean kids will always be kids right and so there will always be something where they probably try to push the barrier right but i think it would be a lot more sinister now and the only reason i'm saying that is because Back then, you know, I'm I'm not going to say it was probably innocent because, no, some of the things weren't. But now with everything that's available to to kids now through smartphones and on the Internet, I think it it would mean something a hell of a lot different now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, not saying it was right then, but I just think now you probably would see maybe probably worse outcomes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, like you said, glad it's not a thing. But I think each generation of children always think they're the first to do something edgy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you
1: know what I mean? They're the first ones that have gone out on all night, drink cups and stuff like that. Oh,
0: you know what? You know what? It's a throwback to something that you said to me once. I remember we sat down in a pub and you were just like, you know, your generation thinks that they're the ones that invented (laughs) drinking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't I'm sound like no, we just invented drinking properly. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, doesn't sound like an old man thing to say oh, to his nephew. Does it? <laughs> when I were your age I was already twice drunk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's
0: that's my I think that's the only like terrible one that I've got. I mean the rest are all relatively you you just give, normal. Give us another
1: one then. Um so the other
0: one that I've got is beyblades.
1: Now this I've heard of. I've, heard of I've heard of them but I, I wouldn't know exactly what they are. Now to be fair, I
0: mean with a lot of these fads, they were fads at school, but because I didn't have many friends, um, I never really got involved in any of them. <laughs> um, but Beyblades were basically you could buy like an okay, I'll describe what the toy is first. So it's basically um on do you know like a string pulley thing yeah. and it basically makes the this toy spin really quickly and then it releases.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: it's yeah. like a spinning disc and you put it on kind of like a, a thing with teeth and then you pull it really, really fast and it basically continuously spins. You could buy like an arena for it. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And you used to just battle each other with each other's Beyblades and it was the first person who stopped spinning would be the loser, basically. They were a fad for a while. I know that you can still buy them, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, people used to bring them to school. I think this was more for me something that was a primary school thing. And something that people used to do outside of school, Um, like everybody had Beyblades. It was just a pretty standard thing. That's one fad. But like I said, I mean, you don't really, I know that you can still buy them, but you just don't see them very often. I don't know if that's because kids have gone away from like actual physical toys and now are more interested in phone tech stuff. But yeah, you used to like battle your Beyblades with someone else. It was kind of like, I guess, the modern day version of Conkers, set with an arena and your parents had to spend 60
1: quid. And less fresh air. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, less fresh air. (laughs) But also probably less bruised knuckles. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. Never did conkers felt to uh, to uh, what's the word? Had we discovered conkers when you were at school? <laughs> we discovered. Oh yeah, no Conkers. <laughs> I just I just thought it was boring. So again, it's like, hold on, you want me to collect these things and you want to try smash them. It's like no. If I'm if I'm collecting <laughs> something, I want to keep them until I I see fit to dispose of them.
0: There was, do you know what it is as well? Do you know about like bruising your knuckles as well? Because this is just throwing me on to another one. There used to be a trend at school of, again, like basically, it's like you said earlier about like posturing and who could prove they were the baddest and the hardest. And what you would do is you would take coins and you'd put your hand on the table, your knuckles on the table. Did you ever play that game? And it'd basically be, you'd flick the coin and you'd slide it as hard as you could across the table to your opponent. Yeah. And basically try and draw blood from their knuckles.
1: <laughs> no, do not Didn't do that, but I had a game, and I don't remember, it may have just been uh, some family members tormenting me, but, well, I can't remember what led up to it, but whether it was a forfeit or if you lost or or something, but you would then get wrapped on the knuckles with like a full deck of cards, so, you know, the the edge of of, of a card, basically take your skin off your knuckles, (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. We we just did it with whatever change there was. So <laughs> yeah. whenever someone pulled out a pound coin, you were like, "Oh, come on!" You are like, "Where's the two piece?" <laughs> someone pulled out a pound coin, and you knew they were about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so so Beyblades. How how much were they? Were they? I mean, were they pricey then? Or?
0: Well, you can actually still buy them now. I mean, so Amazon are selling like the sets of Beyblades for forty quid with the spinners and stuff. So that, I think, gives you your arena and a couple of Beyblades. Um, individually, about 10 to 15 quid each. Um, Depends on kind of what, what set they are. Do you keep them if you want? Is that the thing? To be honest, I don't know if anybody ever played the game correctly because I'm still <laughs> unsure of the rules. Um, But I just think what you did is like there were different styles and designs and that sort of thing. So I think it was a collection thing as well. So basically, you just collect all the different designs and colours and some of them were probably more effective than others at
1: battling. God, it sounds so sad now, doesn't it? And I think that's just probably an evolution of one that i've got here so have you heard of pogs pog heard of pogs so i think pogs is just a variation they were about in the 90s and i think i used to collect them but i never actually played them because i didn't actually want to potentially lose them (laughs) okay you see i'm very (laughs) you see there's a theme here (laughs) I, i want to keep my stuff but they were like discs right round discs and they had like various pictures on so it might have been cartoon characters and what you would do is you'd put them in a pile. So you'd have your set, I'd have my set, and then you'd put them in a pile and you'd get a um, you'd have a harder one, I think, called a slammer and you'd have to throw it down. And any of that sort of flipped up but landed face up, you could keep those.
0: Oh, it sounds a little bit like that game they played in Squid Game.
1: Yeah, Squid Game. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, here it is. So th- this is from, yeah, an old game called Milk Caps, but ultimately Pogs was the same. So you, you contribute an equal number of... milk caps or pogs to build a stack with the pieces face down the players then take turns throwing their slammer down onto the top of the stack causing it to spring up and the milk caps to scatter each player keeps any milk caps that land face up after each throw the milk caps which are face landed face down are then restacked so basically you keep going so kind of that's what reminded me the beyblade feels like it's an evolution of that that you've got your the thing that you are pledging or betting to battle your opponent's one do you, do you see what i'm saying and then the yeah, winner, yeah 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 okay i get you it's just obviously as the kids get younger they want it more high tech and fancy and whizzy you know just some <laughs> milk, milk caps won't do imagine that
0: as well like uh, do you know what it is it's like I, I wonder if any of these things do take like storm on like playgrounds again like if like pogs were to come back like in force and they became a popular thing whether or not kids would actually pick them up or not
1: yeah i mean because now everything's kind of digital online phones and games and i think that's exactly i think actually what you've said there is remind me that that's a really good point that maybe back in the day because these were physical things and if you saw someone in the playground with them and because they were it's gonna sound weird like a social thing you wanted in on it and maybe that's why they they kind of took off because you know you see the kids in the corner of the playground playing the pogs. Well, I want to be in it, but if you to be in yeah, it, you have yeah. to have it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I, I reckon you could probably still get it because, like I said, they were collectible in their own right because they they're all different designs and and like I said, you, I think you got like cartoon characters, etc., etc. They're all colourful. Yeah, you can have a look if if you look at milk caps or pogs. Yeah, they've got them on eBay now actually as well. So
0: well, again, I'm just having a look. The Jurassic Park six pog hologram set with slammer now worth a million dollars. Really? Yeah. Stussy two hundred dollars. Heavy brass pog slammer seventy nine ninety nine. So again, if you've got any pogs, Marilyn Monroe set of ten, the complete set, one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars estimated values. Unbelievable money.
1: Jeez, and and just think these were things that I would have played and then chucked in the bin.
0: Yeah, that do you know what it is as well? That's what hurts me. And I know that we're going to talk about a few things as well moving forward. Because I imagine me and you have got a couple that are probably the same. Um, and I'll tell some stories about the ones that hurt me directly.
1: <laughs> Actually, something, <laughs> something quickly as well. Another one that I hadn't remembered, but, uh, or sorry, I hadn't written down, but I've remembered since we've been talking. Yo-yos. Yo-yos was another one. But, you know, sorry, but specifically, because you used to have, you know, oh, I call them your crappy normal yo-yos. But then you got, like, your stunt ones, as they call them, come out from, like, Coke and Fanta. So they were the ones, you know, that kind of, almost like go outwards they're like if you had two two halves of a like a donut and you stuck them the other way round. right right okay okay so they just looked cooler because of that right <laughs> and then yeah you could do like the stunts with them and yeah everyone well you could do everyone could do the walk the dog because you just had to throw it down really uh quickly and then just have <laughs> it walk around but then you were trying to then it was actually more dangerous than probably owning a pen knife because you were you were hitting yourself all over the place. But yes, the, the, when the, I call them, quote, stunt yo-yos came out, again, that was quite a fad because back then you could pick them up from everywhere or collect them from your serial, you know, serial tokens, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, yo-yos was another bizarre one, which I wonder if kids now would get into. Yeah, yo-yos
0: for me, again, never really saw it on the playground, that sort of thing. But I think that that came more of an age where, tech and tv was less of an influence so i think back then it was more so like toys would come out and be the fad in themselves similarly with the yo with the rubik's cube thing but again saying that like i said the yo-yo still have a like a world
1: championship don't they yeah which i i never take part in even though i owned all these things i've still not been a world champion in any of them <laughs> <laughs>
0: see that's the thing you could have made a living if you'd have just solved that rubik's cube legit
1: yeah now everybody yeah everybody wants to be a uh, an e-gamer now, e-sport, e-sports now, you know, Call of Duty, professional FIFA. Back then, it was all about the yo-yos, man. The yo-yos and, <laughs> and, the, and the Rubik's cubes. Don't miss, don't miss. But I wonder if that's the thing, right? Are physical toys less of a thing now because everything is it's all about the apps and games now? So back then, when something new and physical came out, they they looked great. And they were advertised really heavily on the TV because you had to go to the shops and buy them like... My The big thing I collected as a kid were He-Man figures. Do you know He-Man, the cartoon? Oh, yep, 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 yep. I think I know you. You could buy the figures for them. And I collected them because, again, they were very plasticky, very uh, bright, very bold. And they were something you could show off to people because when you go around to your mate's house, you'd bring them around or. Or your mate, if he had the ones you didn't have, you could have the battles or the storylines. Because <laughs> I never had, um, oh, what was it? Battle Cat. I never had Battle Cat, <laughs> you know, but I think my cousin did. <laughs> but now everything's online.
0: Yeah, I mean, and even now, when we look at, you know, some of the others, like NF- the world of NFTs is probably yeah, taking yeah. over like school playgrounds soon yeah, enough. Yeah. Very, very weird. I mean, on the on the point of like figurines and that sort of thing, I'd say it was probably it was probably reserved for a smaller group of people. But wrestling figures
1: yeah you see that kind of bypassed me i think because i don't know I'd, see i don't know when original
0: wrestling figures would have been released but that wasn't necessarily a school thing that was just things that people collected but that's because again the wwe coming out of the 90s when you're a kid yeah. Like we discussed in the WWE episode, it was so inappropriate that you wanted to then collect the figures and you wanted the belts and that sort of thing. You had the WWE ring, I think, a little one. Yeah, yeah, I I I had had so many
1: figures. I think you had a Vince McMahon though. I think. Yeah, I had so
0: many. Do you know what the sad thing is as well? Is they're all binned in like a clear out because, like, at that point they just battered and that sort of thing. But I can't think, imagine if they were worth anything. I just remember it was like you had pocket money, you had maybe a tenner. And it would be Woolworths toy section. <laughs> Woolworths. What figures could I get from from Woolworths for a tenner? Um, but but yeah, WWE figures I loved, and having the ring. Oh, if you had if you had a WWE ring when you were young, you were
1: elite, elite <laughs> level. Yeah, no, no. So the WWE stuff kind of missed missed. Whether it missed me or I just wasn't into it because I had other things at the time. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. I didn't have enough space in my wardrobe for all those toys. Because that's the other thing, right? With all these things, it's space. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you know what it is? Yeah, like now nowadays, it used to
0: be that when you got new things, you had to make room. And so you had to throw stuff away, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's the reason none of this expensive, valuable stuff is anymore in anybody's wardrobes. Because you made way for the yo-yos,
1: which made way for the Game Boy, which made way for... <laughs> I remember my cousin had a like a pellet gun, right, at the time. And when we outgrew our He-Man figures lined them up on his wall and we gave them a send-off we shot them with the pellet gun (laughs) (laughs) a
0: bit like kevin McAllister in home alone (laughs) yeah kind of like
1: that (laughs) what else
0: you got um i've got one again a little bit left field um i just remember the adverts being for this all over television constantly to be honest with you and that is magic sand magic sand yeah so so it was stuff that you used underwater and funnily enough i don't think i ever owned it <laughs> um even though I, I think i probably really wanted it but i never owned it um and it was basically sand that when you put it underwater it would be like a solid okay. and you could build stuff with it underwater and then the moment that you took it out of the water it all of a sudden turned back into like dry sand and like a powder in your hand and oh. i remember the adverts we used to walk into toys r us and it was just entire sections dedicated to magic sand and i just thought to I think to myself now i'm like what was the point yeah yeah it's... like why are you gonna have a permanent fish tank to build your underwater houses like, i didn't i went when i look at it now yeah it was a cool thing at the time because of oh my god look underwater you can build stuff with it but it was so stupid <laughs> it was so
1: stupid but at that time it was a thing the, the thing you you desired the most that's yeah that's it, that's in. It. a child's mind advertising and bright colorful toys it's a deadly combination, do you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, because that's the thing as well. Like, it was all, like, bright orange and green and purple and that sort of thing. And so, again, like, the adverts made it look so cool. It's like, oh, my God, you can build a, an underwater house. And, you know, you, you, but it's just like, in reality, the practicality, I'm like, what am I going to do? Fill a bowl of water in the kitchen <laughs> and start building sandcastles? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you can probably understand why it was a big fad for a bit and then kind of died out because practically it's it's a little bit useless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and again going back to toys and marketing because again when I was a kid you used to have because you didn't have say all these children's channels you'd have especially on a Saturday morning you'd have two or three hours of kids tv right on normal terrestrial tv and that was then all advertising at kids so you were a captive market do you know what I mean you just saw all these images and you wanted those toys right yeah yeah that's the thing
0: and and do you know what it is as well is a bit like what you said as soon as someone hops on the trend all of a sudden you need to be a part of it yeah yeah have uh, you got anything else
1: I'm gonna yeah I've gonna list something that probably came out just after I'm I'm not gonna say I was a kid at the time because I think they come out mid to late 90s but I remember them being a craze and you can still get them in some form now and someone did get it for me as a joke, and, they, and it was it was addictive, were Tamagotchis. <laughs> tamagotchis, <laughs> what a throwback. Do you remember Tamagotchis? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like the crappy little plastic key ring egg thing, and it would have something living. <laughs> now it might be a plant. I think the one I had was a plant, but it could be a dog or a cat or something. Yeah, and basically you had to keep it alive, right? And I think you had like three buttons. You probably had food, clean and eat. No, food, clean and play or something. And you had to keep them happy, didn't you? And so I was having a look. So, yeah, they were first released by Bandai in Japan in apparently 1996. And they had a 32 by 16 pixel screen. (laughs) I remember them being tiny little things. Yeah. And there were three buttons. Each button serves a simple function like feeding your Tamagotchi turning off the lights in its room or playing a game with it and functions also include cleaning up your Tamagotchi's poop (laughs) at times so frequently that you could not help but worry about the health of its colon fail at these simple tasks and your Tamagotchi suffers a gruesome neglectful death and I think the things about these toys is they were seen they were concerns about how addictive they were they said um despite the creature being only 10 pixel only a 10 pixel blob School students were willing to earn themselves detention for checking in on it during class rather than deal with an ill-timed death um, because you couldn't pause the game. It wasn't something you paused. It it just it was real time.
0: Now, if I remember rightly, when they died, was that it? They actually died? As in, like, you couldn't restart them well, after I that? I think
1: you're right. I think originally they were. I, 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 I'm not sure if the later version didn't, but I'm sure that was it. Yeah, they died. Because, get this right, the thing I didn't know, and this was new to me, and this is in the United Kingdom as well, right? This is like a real-life parenting simulator. It is. Well, <laughs> get this right. In the United Kingdom, there were pet cemeteries that went so far as to dedicate section of the cemetery specifically to the digital pets of children whose neglect resulted in Tamagotchi's <laughs> death.
0: Imagine that, being a parent, picking up a toy for your kid for like 40 quid and then having to pay for a funeral for it as well. It, yeah,
1: and that's what it said here. Would millennials have ever learned to care for children if not for the grief of losing <laughs> Tamagotchi?
0: So, My God, maybe we should bring that back and it should be a class in and of itself at schools. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think that's what they're saying. They said um, this was almost like the introduction they said of the continual play feature, where it was something that you just had to be on all the time. And Tamagotchis also caught the attention of psychologists as well as school officials. In an interview with the New York Times, one psychologist feared that Tamagotchis were problematic to kids' mental health. The toy creates a real sense of loss and a mourning process. Kids want to nurture and take care of pets. It gives them a feeling of empowerment and self-importance. But here the consequences are too high and it's out of control.
0: That there is mental. The fact that you've got people from the like actual registered psychologists saying that this is an issue but it's true when you think about it the concept of the toy in and of itself is you were always going to cause the addiction to that because again like you said i I, I distinctly remember them actually dying and like being useless if they died yeah and if that's initially how it was set out imagine like paying for a toy and turning around and then losing it and that's that you don't get another one there's no other shot at it it's just gone
1: and that's it i think even for me the one i got even though i was sort of i would have been like late teens right there's, there is an addictive thing because you're thinking, yeah, I'm not going to let this thing die. But then it was like, oh, it's dead. Over the shoulder it goes. In the... <laughs> <laughs> but I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, well, it must have been a bit more in a couple of years, definitely pre-COVID, um, a colleague at work her daughter had one but obviously because the daughter would go to school she couldn't look after it the mum was bringing it into work for a few days and we were like all reminding her have you fed it, <laughs> have you, have you done it? <laughs> and it's like for a while this became a really important thing it's like but it was more almost like making sure that she didn't let her daughter down you know
0: i, I wonder if tamagotchi sales went up in the time of covid with people that were like can we buy a dog but can we look after a dog maybe we should try tamagotchi first yeah
1: yeah maybe well if i <laughs> variations on it since because you had nintendogs didn't you on the oh yeah yeah nintendogs yeah maybe not as much because i don't think they died
0: did they no 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 could you imagine could you imagine a 12 year old waking up plugging on their nintendo and all of a sudden their labrador's dead (laughs) (laughs) sorry you haven't fed him for four days
1: but i mean this is the things we had as kids when we were young we were all right and we've grown up all right right (laughs)
0: Oh my god! What,
1: what else have you got? What else have you got?
0: Okay, well, I'm going to skip into more trading cards now, and this is based on television because I think the one that we'll overlap on, I think we'll probably do after this. And so, the ones that I'm going to talk about are both Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon.
1: Both, I know about, but both definitely, I that was just after me, and I never got into. It. And I'm almost, I'm going to say, I'm glad because you remember I said at the start that I've got an addictive kind of personality when it comes to things. I think. If I was of that age, I would have been all over those. You probably would still be collecting Pokemon now. I probably still would, and and I'm so (laughs) glad I didn't. But sorry, over to you. Well,
0: you never know. You might have wished that you did, because they're... Definitely worth a lot now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously, I think it was just popularized by both TV shows. Now, probably to the disappointment of a lot of our viewers, I was actually more into Yu Gi Oh than I ever was Pokemon. I don't think I ever actually bought a pack of Pokemon cards at any point in my life wow. because Yu Gi Oh was just a bit cooler to me. Was you, um, sorry, even was, at my school.
1: Was Was Yu Gi Oh like you know you had Transformers, but you had the um was it the GoBots, which was the the, the yeah yeah kind of yeah. like that.
0: yeah a little bit. It's like Yu Gi Oh was just your off brand. It wasn't Kellogg's. It was your off-brand supermarket owner, I guess. (laughs) But the thing is, the TV show was great. I actually preferred the Yu-Gi-Oh! TV show to the Pokemon one because I watched both. So Yu-Gi-Oh! cards always got into me more. And also, the trend at my school was Yu-Gi-Oh! Not many people had Pokemon cards comparatively. Okay, It was only a few, whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! was kind of the mainstream. And again, I mean, do you know what it is? Is with the TV shows, you used to have to play the game where like, you know, you've got X attack power and defense power. No one used to play the game. Everyone just collected the cards. And I remember there was like an absolute obsession with obtaining, I think they were called God cards at the time. Yeah. And they were like super, super rare. You could only get them out of like particular packs. They were really, really rare as it was. And as soon as someone hit the school play- school playground with one of them, it was like, I'll give you all of my cards for that one. I'll give you all. Of-. It's like you've got a hundred quid worth of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that you're willing to trade for one person's single card but yeah it was humongous again confiscated by teachers cuz everybody used to bring them into school cuz it was the prime time for trading like there was always kids at school that had amazing collections and they'd be the one like dealing out of, like, you know, out of like the the, the play
1: equipment <laughs> so this is going to be a horrific question for a lot of people to hear but what was you go because i know pokemon are like weird creatures was that the same as yu Yu-Gi-Oh? or was it people was it
0: yeah so Yu-Gi-Oh was just like monsters oh, okay well, is the okay. only way to describe okay. them um if you go and have a look at some Yu-Gi-Oh cards like i remember i think it was blue eyes shining dragon <laughs> was one of them um and originally again i think all came japan- from japan and then kind of exported to to all of the foreign markets as as Pokemon did.
1: Because Pokemon sounded really dodgy to me, because the only ones I know, one's called Bulbasaur, I think, and the other's called Squirtle, (laughs) so I mean, you know... Those, they seem really dodgy to me. Yeah, I mean, if you
0: were put, put that up against shag bands as a parent, <laughs> you wouldn't know what you wanted your kid to have. <laughs> but yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh was like monsters and they'd like battle on like a battlefield. I mean, there was a thing in the game. Um, and for those that know Yu-Gi-Oh, you'll probably know it. And it was basically something that you stored your cards in. Now, it was basically a contraption that fit to your arm. And the only thing I can liken it to is, you know, the Pip-Boy in Fallout. <laughs> yeah, It was like that, except you used to push a button. And then, like all of these, like um, card holders would like pop out into like one oh, sort wow. of flat wow. surface. And you'd store all of your cards in it, and that's how you were supposed to play it. Again, Yu-Gi-Oh! See, I'd want it for that. Thing.
1: I'd want it for that. That's that's yeah. That's that the was... thing.
0: It was actually a it was a cool bit of kit. And again, I never actually had one of them. But if you did, you were elite. <laughs> you were elite. Like if if you had one of them, oh my god,
1: because that was probably legendary. that'd probably be about 50, 60 quid, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's
0: the thing. And at the time, the reason nobody had one is too bloody expensive. Imagine going to your parents and be like, Mom, Dad, I want this plastic arm that stores my Yu-Gi-Oh cards." <laughs> They'd be like,
1: "Shut up!" And then you bring it to school, and some some get smashed. Is it probably, yeah, 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 that's the thing. Can I have a look um, at it? Yeah, on the floor, stand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, Yu Gi Oh cards were a huge, huge thing, and again, like it'd be like setting up, it'd be like. Auction houses on the playground, be like, <laughs> okay, I've got Dark Magician. What are you going to give me for my Dark Magician? People like bidding, like turning around, be like, "Oh, I'll give you four of these and X ones of these and
1: nine of these." <laughs> so are they, are they <laughs> kind of like top trumps in a in a sense of it, is that you battle and have they got ratings or something?
0: Yeah, so they've all got stats, but they also had different cards, which were like trap cards and magic cards, from what I remember. And if you played with a trap or magic card, from what I remember, they had special abilities. So, for instance, it would allow you to. To draw an extra card from your deck or it would stop the next opponent's attack and that sort of thing and it was basically all based on the defense and attack stats and how you played the game like i said nowadays
1: there's actually still professional competition <laughs> for
0: it which is probably really cool to watch to be fair
1: sounds like sounds like a cross between um top trumps and uno <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, a little bit yeah so it sounds <laughs> but with, with Off monsters sounds too complicated to me but that's the thing. I remember looking at Pokemon because all the games it spawned as well on like the Game Boy and things like oh, that. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, and people are so intense into it, which I love. I love seeing. It doesn't matter that I'm not into it, or I don't know what it is, but I love seeing people who have got a passion for something. Do, do you know what I mean? That intensity yeah, yeah. Of, of of a fandom for something. Part of me almost like I'm almost jealous because I'm like I want to be into something like that. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, do you know what it is as well? I mean, and we'll lead on to the Pokemon because I had a little bit of experience with Pokemon. So obviously Pokemon Go released a few yeah, years ago. Yeah. Now I'm pretty certain it came out when I was at uni and obviously not being somebody that had played Pokemon before, I only downloaded the game because all of my mates, even though we were all 20 at the time, <laughs> all like downloaded Pokemon. And there were people out in droves. So you had locations that were set. Yeah, for like where you could find Pokemon or where you could get like supplies from and that sort of thing. And there was one where I worked in the same place where I went to university um, for a period of time. And outside of my place of work, there was a Pokemon gym. So just intermittently, you would see 50 people turn up, stand there for an hour and then go home. Because people were honestly out. I remember being in the car, one of my one of my flatmates once. And he turned around and said, uh, he, he said to me, he was just like, sorry, can you pull over here? I was like, why, what's up? He was just like, because there's a Pokemon by the castle that I need to get. <laughs> and I was like, are you taking the piss out of me? I did. I stopped for him.
1: I was just like, yeah, you know what? While we're here, I was like, why not? I'd written Pokemon Go down because where I work is um, a business park, right? So there's a, there's a few businesses, uh, like head offices of them. And even some ex-colleagues of mine who I met up with who worked in one of the other ones, they're in like their 40s. They were addicted to it. Yeah, right? yeah. And I never forget once, coming coming back from lunch, and I'm going to, you know, over the top, but it was almost like a zombie apocalypse in a sense of there were groups of these men, mainly men they were, standing in, like you said, huddles, maybe where, <laughs> wherever there's Pokemon or gyms or whatever they were, but all just looking downwards at the phone, but silent. And yeah. they were just like groups dotted around this, this business, this retail part, sorry, this business part. And again, I just found it really weird because these guys were just head down silent, just intensely focused on their phones. It's like, it's almost like there was some really bad news had just been released to the world and they were just staring at the phone in But no, they were, I don't know, they were training their Bulbasaur's or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly, it was unbelievable. I mean, there were stories of people that had been like robbed. So There was a system in the game where you could basically put what was called a lore, I think, down on one of these locations. So basically you'd have, I mean, anybody listening to this probably has the context anyway, but for those that don't. So there were locations and they'd probably be like kind of like local landmarks. No matter how small your town was, you'd have locations where you could get supplies from. And you could put something down on the location that meant more Pokemon would spawn there. Um, And they were paid for items. I think you could earn them for free, but obviously it's, you know, pay to win nowadays. And people would put them down and there were instances of people getting robbed because people put laws down on Pokemon to draw a crowd at night, knowing that people would know it was there to get more Pokemon and they would get robbed of their phones while they were there. Unbelievable! It was honestly, it was absolutely mental. Like the awareness, it was just a period of time where you saw people walking around and they didn't pick their heads up. It was so strange, yeah, so, yeah. so strange. And it's true, it kind of went past a generational thing because it's like one of the um, one of my mates at uni turned around and said, oh yeah, my dad's like level 59 or something. <laughs> I was just like, hang
1: on, what?
0: How does he have time in the work day?
1: <laughs> but you see, that's, that's the thing. I think because it was an app and it was, from my understanding, it's fairly simple, wasn't it? You'd walk around and if there was a poke ball or something, you'd have to catch it or something, wouldn't Yeah, you? yeah. But I remember at the start, they were popping up in really inappropriate places as well, weren't they? So I think I was on holiday when this happened and it may have been, I'm not sure where it may have been, may have been Vietnam, but I remember one trip going around these places and that sign basically saying like, no Pokemon here, you know, (laughs) not allowed, you know, like it was, I don't know if it was a picture of the pokeball with a cross through it, kind of like, um, you know, like the Ghostbusters sign. Yeah. And it's like, which then makes you think that people were, doing it in inappropriate places like religious places or or sacred grounds and you're thinking that's just the addictiveness then how much that must be taken over people's minds
0: yeah and that's the thing like people genuinely just didn't know where they were because they were like gyms and stuff set up either at churches or at you know cemeteries or you know public statues and that sort of thing it was a really weird period of time I mean you don't see it as much now because again the whole hype around the game I think people used it as a nostalgia kick to be fair. Yeah. And that was really it for most people. But again, there's lots of people that are still into it. Still, still got oh, catch still them all. it's still
1: going, in it? It's still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> catch them all.
0: I think as well, just as a, a reference, I think that it was in Central Park. I think Logan Paul nearly incited a riot in Central Park because he screamed that there was like a Mewtwo which is like a super rare Pokemon, apparently. Okay. Again, all red, I don't know. And literally, it caused a stampede of people. It was all a lie, obviously. He just made it up. Um, and there was literally a stampede of people that ran past him <laughs> to try and find,
1: oh my God, where's this Mewtwo? But you see, back in my day, it's like, oh my God, there's Madonna. That would cause a stampede.
0: I reckon you could literally, if, if, if Jesus rose again and walked the earth, but there was a rare
1: Pokemon nearby, nobody would notice him. And, and I think that's what's <laughs> funny about these, because these things aren't, Real are they? As you know, but <laughs> you're you're I mean. going to these places, but you're capturing nothing. In a sense,
0: do you know what it is? As well as I mean, you know, the whole thing of collecting things is, I guess, to have them to hand. Like you know, I like physical things. We talked about you with records, me with shirts, and that sort of thing before. Because it's nice to see and have a look. But the Pokemon is to me even different from the cards. The cards, I I kind of get. I mean, I don't get the like million dollars per Charizard or whatever it is. But I do kind of understand the cards to agree because it's a collection that you flick through. But the Pokemon Go thing of like catching everyone, it's like, what do you, like? If you're at a party, do you just pull out your Pokemon Go collection and be like, look what I've got? And like, what, 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 <laughs> yeah, where? No, fair point. I don't know. Fair point. Yeah. Like, like you
1: said, ultimately, what's. What's your reward at the end of it? You just then got to look at your phone and look at it. Like you said, you're not looking at a shelf full of your captured Pokemon. Yeah, in jars or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's bizarre one that because I think I get the idea of the cartoon and the games and that. And the Pokemon Go, though, that was slightly, yeah, that that was unusual for me. Just how much it captured even older people yeah
0: yeah and that was the weird thing it was like you know you'd see parents in the street like with their children wandering into the middle of the road but they're looking down trying to capture <laughs> yeah. a Pikachu.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pikachu my god unbelievable
1: but actually this is remind me um I think we're probably going to move on to I think we've probably got a shared one here haven't yeah. we yeah but just some honorary mentions actually that has come out while you were saying that um when I was younger as well was um I think it was something called monster in my pocket which were tiny little rubbery monsters i mentioned it a couple of times top trumps
0: oh yeah top trumps yeah and
1: what was the other one micro machines
0: micro machines never heard of them actually when i've seen the monsters in my pocket it has actually reminded me i do not what do know what they are but they were never really a thing that captured my generation you say micro machines
1: micro machines yeah they were tiny cars basically I never really had them. I just remember them, the, the advert with a guy just saying, I, I can't remember, it was like, Micro Machines coming collections of five, Micro Machines coming collections of five. And again, it was just one of those adverts that was drilled into your brain and it like made you <laughs> want to get them just because they came in collections of five or whatever they did. Um, but you see, you, I think you would have been all over those because I know your love for cars. I think if these, yeah. Were, but yeah, they were basically, as I said, they were just miniature vehicles. But okay, what, what's next? What was next for you?
0: Okay, now I'm going to bundle these next two together because they're kind of the same thing and that's football cards and football stickers football stickers yeah
1: <laughs> oh
0: so I think stickers were more of the playground fad to be fair yeah um, and then the, I think especially in the earlier days so I think with you it would have been the, the stickers and then the cards Absolutely. kind of came afterwards yeah. Yeah. like you know 30 years afterwards when I was at school <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that long but okay <laughs> but yeah football cards and football stickers I mean I collected them from when I was really really young because it was just Satisfying to put a peel down. Do you know in a in a in a Panini album? It was always Panini albums, wasn't yeah, it? To yeah, be honest, yeah, especially yeah. especially when you're younger, and when the World Cup was on. Yes, yeah, 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 You'd get your World Cup thing and then stickers, I think at the time, were only like 30p a pack or something like that. Now I think they're like a pound well, or
1: something stupid. For me, they were 10p a pack.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, unbelie- unbelievable scenes when they're 10p so, a pack. Yeah. Now you need your parents to remortgage if you want to finish your collection. Yeah, so,
1: so for American friends, they were, as they sound, so they were book albums featuring the teams in the top football division at the time. So like now it'd be Premier League, but then it would have been like Division One. And each team had its own page, normally two pages. Or the main teams did, but then sometimes you'd get smaller teams that would all be on yeah. one page. Um, and then, yeah, you would buy a pack of, what did you get, five or ten stickers in a pack, I think?
0: Yeah, between that and somewhere there. And, and you would, I think it varied.
1: Yeah, and you'd have to fill out each player. Each player had a posi- uh, position on the page. But then you would have, like, a team photo, and then the grail was the shiny badge, wasn't it? The shiny badge. like a foil badge. Go on.
0: Yeah, and, and do, did you ever get the albums with the trophies as well? Because the trophies were always yes, a, foil, yeah. a foil sticker. Well, they were as the unbelievable. time went
1: on, yeah, they added extra stickers, like, yeah, of trophies. But then sometimes they would make that or even a team photo, a two-parter. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to add more and more stickers to it, <laughs> right? Yeah, But yeah, I remember for me, sorry, they were 10p a pack. So you could go to the shop with like a fiver and buy loads of them. Do you know what I mean? And you just have Yeah, them.
0: yeah. That's the thing. And there was nothing better than unraveling like a hundred packs of stickers or something (laughs) stupid all at one go and be like, got, got, need, 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 got, got. (laughs) And the worst thing about it was when you had the albums, let's say, you know, there's 300 stickers in an album, 400 stickers in an album. The moment that you set a sticker wrong, do you know where like you could see the border of the outline image finished? You might as well throw the album away. It's done.
1: It's done. Because those were, and, and I don't know if they've changed it now, but yeah, as soon as you put it in wrong, if you lifted it up, you ripped the page. Yeah, yeah, because they made it it wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was made out of that really thin magazine paper. So as soon as it touched the paper, if it was wrong, that's it. You had to deal with it, and then you'd always flick back to that page, being like, "Why did I do that?"
1: But you know what? I'm going to be honest, right? And like now, I love my football, but when I was a kid, I wasn't massively into it. But I was, I was addicted to the football albums because again, there's that addiction. So the, the the books themselves were nice. They were glossy. They were quite big then there was the the thing of of buying the packs then like you said if you even if you only had a pound you could then buy 10 packs right which was a lot the satisfaction of opening the pack pulling the stickers out going through them seeing that shiny getting that thrill it was a thrill right this sounds sad (laughs) but it was a thrill but then and then going through them putting them in the album it was like um it was it was like a, a meditation almost doing that but the annoying thing about them was the amount of swaps you would get. And that's then when it goes back to a, a theme you said throughout yours is the, the playground dealings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you'd pull out, like I'd pull out a, a packet of like 100 swaps and you'd then go up to someone and say, right, what have you got? You're like, got, got, got need. So you'd put that one to the <laughs> side, got, got, got need. And then you would go through yours and they would do the same. And then you would like bargain with, okay, I'll, I'll give you. I know I'll give you a Kevin Keegan and a Paul Gascoigne for the shiny man United badge or something. Like that. <laughs> and that was the only way that you is, could get amazing. anywhere near completing them. You had to do these deals. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Like that that's
0: what it was. And I think that that's especially at school. What like the teachers always hated because they'd always be like, like there would always be the odd robbery scandal where it's like stickers have been stolen out of a student's bag. Like where have they gone? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, but, 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 yeah, the football stickers were absolutely brilliant. But I think previously as well, they did coins, didn't they, as well? Oh,
1: coins, yes, they did. Uh, Well, I think coins were in between. I I don't think they were before the stickers. But, yeah, I do remember the coins now, yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, the the football stickers was great. I mean, again, my sad story about the football stickers um, is because, again, like any person getting older, you go through old stuff and you think, don't need it anymore. You can get rid of it. So I remember collecting stickers. So I probably collected cards and or stickers from probably about 2004 so I was really really young at the time I'd been primary school age um and I remember finding them a few years ago and thinking nothing of them so I remember for a couple of tournaments I actually didn't have the original album I just had stickers and had collected the sticker collections together like, yeah. as in the teams yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing but it never stuck them and I remember collecting 2006 now for 2006 I think it was also because Italy did really well that world cup um, we got far I continuously wanted to get the Italy players and make sure I had the Italy team yeah. but I didn't have the album for the stickers I had the album for the cards but never for the stickers so basically a a few years ago so this is probably four or five years ago now I actually found all of these stickers and thought I I don't need them it's just taking up room so basically I just sent them off do you know like in like your front garden where you just leave something outside and just let someone pick it up basically I did that and I think another set went to like a car boot sale or something that someone was doing I was like look take these I don't need them so 2006 was an important year Because it was the first year that Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi appeared in international World Cup football stickers. Oh, really? It was. So now, if you look oh, at no. the value <laughs> of the Cristiano and Lionel Messi, and bearing in mind, I'm I'm being deadly serious when I say this. That year for the stickers, especially. So I collected the cards. I remember having the Ronaldo one, but never having the Messi one. But again, that would have gone in a car boot sale anyway. But with the stickers, when I say I had hundreds and hundreds of swaps, if not thousands, I had literally. Do you know shoe boxes? Yeah, yeah. I literally had shoe boxes full of those stickers. So I would have had multiple of each of them. So at the minute, in a PSA eight, which isn't even a particularly good condition, that Cristiano Ronaldo sticker goes for 200 plus pounds. Oh, man. Yeah. And I would have had, they would have been, the thing is as well, they would have literally just gone in that box after that year and I would have literally never looked at them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would have just picked the box up and been like, oh, I don't need these, so I'll get rid of them. And there would have probably been, Five or ten of probably each of them in that box, and I just think to myself, you know what, I'm such an idiot, but yeah, honestly, of the past of the mistake that I realized that I made during COVID, and the only reason I found this out is because I actually during COVID started collecting the match attacks. <laughs> I turned around and I saw them at the front of the thing, and I turned around, I was like, you know what, I was like, I haven't collected football cards in
1: ages. <laughs> well, I remember, yeah, because I remember seeing the album you had, I, but but for me. I actually did one as well. I got back into the football stickers. I think it was twenty sixteen, the Euros. Yeah, and what it yeah. was, was I was in um, I was in game and I saw on the counter they had the football album for twenty sixteen and like a tin of cards and it was like three quid for it. And I thought, as a joke, I thought I'd buy it right. Get it home, and then that bug came back and then I'd <laughs> buy some more. But then the funny thing was, obviously. As an adult doing it, I didn't have anyone to swap with. So what was funny then was my partner, she went out and bought the same thing and then was buying the stickers. So I had someone to swap with. I remember I went for an op at the time. I needed to have my, um, yeah, 2016, I was having my gallbladder taken out. And I remember being in the hospital waiting room and we were going through the sticker album, putting the stickers in to distract me while I was waiting for that. And I actually think that's one I completed. So I need to find if I've still got it because I've moved house since. But I think the only way I completed that was you could send off, I think, for 20 stickers. So I remember setting up an account in my name, an account in her name, just to get (laughs) the, the required stickers. But sorry, you were saying about the match attack, because the cards were something I didn't get into. They've come much later, I think. Yeah, yeah. The cards,
0: again, like I said, were probably, I mean, they did cards in the early 90s um, for like the Prem and that sort of thing. There's actually even older ones. I know my dad's got um, in the loft some like Leeds cards from like the 70s, but they would have come in like either like cereal and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because sometimes as well, like cards were traditionally as well, always came as like an addition to like a packet of cigarettes back in the day yeah, you'd get yeah. like yes, um, yes, a packet of cigarettes right. and you'd get like a sports card that's or something right, in it again a yes, bit yes. of an American thing but again kind of transitioned to the UK eventually um but yeah the cards came out and I remember it was like the early 90s would have been when they first came in and I probably like I said got into it probably about 04 because I think that's right, the earliest yeah. one that I remember seeing um but yeah the card albums were exactly the same um but you'd basically have like the plastic wallets to put them in, and they'd be back to back on them. And then you'd get like your five
1: star shinies that would come out of a
0: pack, and that's what you'd bring to school. Be like, yeah, look how many five stars I've
1: got. I don't, um, I don't think you can underestimate people listening and I haven't got a clue what to talk about. The excitement of having shinies because they were really nice to look at, weren't they? they oh, were... they were like you get them
0: all separate. Like if you had swaps of them, they were all separate, separate from like yeah. the, the, the like riffraff cards that you had that and were they just were, like, like the thicker, normal, ones. weren't
1: they? Because they were like foil cards, they were thicker as well
0: you know yeah yeah they were they were but oh my god it was absolutely brilliant but but that's the thing i mean nowadays when you look at like the way that card values have gone and that sort of thing it, it it genuinely is unbelievable because again like I would say anybody to listening to this please don't make the mistake that I did <laughs> keep everything if you've got keep old everything. cards have a look at them whatever they are just just have a scan because again the only reason I found out that the stickers and um again the Ronaldo card I think was a little bit more I think the Ronaldo card depending on condition ranges anywhere from 300 pound plus which is just killer
1: but I think there is um I think there is um Actually, I did remember when I was collecting those ones, I did ask, there was actually, that's right. I met out with one of my old colleagues, right, from another place I worked at, and he had kids who were collecting them, so I was actually saying to him, well, if they got swaps, I'll, I'll swap with them, <laughs> um, and I was swapping with him, but I, I found something here, just talking about the cost of it, because I'm sure that they run certain stickers, like, say, the Ronaldo one that you had, I, I'm sure they run them rare, to, you know, so you have to send off to complete, and I've got a thing on the 2018 Football World Cup sticker album, right? And there was a maths professor has calculated that filling the World Cup sticker book of 2018 would cost someone £773.60. That pence.
0: is ridiculous, isn't it?
1: He devised a formula that suggests given the probabilities of getting duplicate stickers, on average, an individual would need to buy 967 packets or 4,832 stickers to get the set. As well as pictures of the 32 squads of players, there are special stickers for national badges, team group shots, and host city posters, making a total of 682 stickers needed to build a book. 137 packs of stickers costing £109.60 would be enough to complete the the collection, providing you didn't get any doubles. However, anybody who's ever collected World Cup stickers will know that this is an unlikely scenario. He also calculated how swapping duplicate stickers could reduce the cost, so... Using 10 friends working together, the cost reduces to, to about still £250 each.
0: That's still a lot that's of money, lot. isn't it?
1: To complete like a, a £3 uh, sticker album.
0: Yeah, in reality, because that's the thing. I think at the end of the season, don't they? They sell them for like pennies <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. pound, don't they? Like, So the thing is, there's all this hype about... Um, about completing it when in reality at the end of the season if you create enough accounts you've got enough email addresses you can just buy them all anyway well
1: and, and and that's the thing now I see on eBay you can actually buy the not on eBay sorry on Amazon you can buy the complete boxes so, you know you'd go to the news agent and you'd buy like five packs or 10 packs but they'd be in a box of like a hundred packs
0: yeah yeah now yeah, on Amazon right.
1: you can actually buy like that that like retail the news box. agent yeah. actual box yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I think nowadays, I think that the the whole hunt for stickers is less exciting because you did have to go to a news agent and they wouldn't have a huge stock no, because they were so no. popular. So you'd be lucky if you could pick up 10 packs.
1: And I, yeah, and I used to think at the time, right, it's like my area all getting the same stickers. So do I have to go to the next town over to potentially get some different ones? Because, yeah. that, you know, that's how my brain worked at the time. You know? <laughs>
0: But it is true. I think that when um, when they were talking about like the rarity of cards, I think it, it turned out that, for instance, recently, well, again, when I got into like the whole football card collecting for the year that I was bored, <laughs> um, it turned out that like Tesco had the best opportunity at getting limited edition cards and or signed ones. Oh, really? So it must have been that if you purchased it, your box from Tesco the chances of you getting a card that was signed, like actually on the card by a player, was way higher than any other retailer. So all of a
1: sudden, when that hit, (laughs) Tesco out of football cards. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a Tesco boss saying, do you know what, we should leak to the press. Let's (laughs) say this. But having said that, I remember seeing your, your, they're called match attacks, aren't they? Yeah,
0: they are.
1: Yeah. Again, they're presented really nicely. So you open it up; they've all got little pockets to slide them in, haven't they? And they look. Yeah. And, and again, it's a presentation thing, which for me is a lot. A lot of it is about if something looks stylish, it looks collectible.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, they put all of the shinies on one page, and you kind of skip through all the bland cards to get there. Yeah, it's weird. Weird how addictive it is because again like the cards never change like every year you know in reality there's maybe three new players in the premier league yeah, yeah. or, or that you care about but the design of the card changes and that's all of a sudden what becomes
1: well the other thing you add the problem you get with those and sticker albums is often they're produced well they have to be produced before the season starts but by the time the season starts some of the players might not be at the clubs anymore
0: yeah yeah so now now do you know what they do they release re- they release dlc
1: oh they don't patch them <laughs> what patch it with dlc do they
0: yeah yeah they do they release they release a, a paid for dlc oh, um and now what they do is they'll release like um an update basically and it'll be like you know oh we've added x y and z player to to the sticker album this is like season two of this season
1: oh man that's brilliant patching um D- dlc for physical books <laughs>
0: All a money grab, unbelievable. And the thing is, as well, like packs of stickers, like probably a pound plus now, is not they?
1: Yeah, they're probably between seventy p to a pound, I think. But yeah, not the ten p that I used to pay. So yeah, definitely not. There was something I meant to say right at the start. So while the item itself isn't a fad or a craze, because you still get it, it was a craze or a fad for what happened at the time. So you know, our family owns a shop. I think I think we could say that owns a business. And I remember at the time. Because I love kinder eggs, right? I absolutely love kinder eggs. I still do now. And I remember buying a kinder egg. And this was the time, you know, every now and then you used to get special toys that were like, um, they were one piece piecing. So they were turtles at the time. So rather than little kits that you put together. It, yeah, it was like a whole turtle. And I remember buying a couple, getting them and putting them on, on the, the shelf in the shop. I said, "Did you ever? How young were you? Do you remember all the Kinder Egg toys?"
0: Yeah, yeah, like the, and you had the little troll doll things. Yeah,
1: and then in the end, customers would then bring in their toys that their kids would buy, <laughs> and so in the end, we probably had no joke. I reckon there was anywhere close to two hundred to three hundred Kinder Egg toys, and we had to get rid of them because you had to clean them. You know, you had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember they ended up going in like a box in um, in my grandmother's shed or something, didn't they?
1: It just took on a life of its own. I remember it started off with two or three that I bought as a joke and and dad putting them on the shelf. And then, yeah, customers were bringing them in. And and (laughs) it was just amazing. Um, So, yeah, so that was like a a story about, again, from a childhood. But something it feels just to say before the end of this, when I was then looking at this, you know, because we're talking about phases and, and collection and addictions. I found some people who have got some really weird collections, but also worth a lot of money. So I thought I'd throw some some of these weird collections at you and see what you think and and whether they'd be a fad or a craze you'd want to get into. So, um, <laughs> here we go. So we'll start with fairly normal-ish one. So it's unopened Coca-Cola bottles, right? And there's a guy who, as it says, collects unopened Coca-Cola bottles starting from the fifties, but he's now got more than six hundred bottles. Um, His holdings include rare bottles commemorating Star Wars, the marriage of Charles and Diana, and other significant events. And whilst soda doesn't normally cost much, his collection is estimated to be worth more than $15,600. $15,600? $600, yeah. For flat coke. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to open that now. It reminds me, did you ever play the Fallout games? i did yeah no, yeah you yeah. Nuka, could <laughs> Nuka- the, cola and use the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the lids were the currency i mean i yeah, wonder yeah. In, the, in the future he's sitting on a fortune there <laughs> let's have a look oh this one this is the sort of thing as a kid it probably pops through your mind but then once you get past three or four they annoy you and chuck you away but um you know the stickers you get on bananas yeah yeah <laughs> Did you know there is a market for different types of adhesive label, right? Banana labels, the small tags stuck to the bunch of fruit you pick up from the store have a dedicated fan base. A guy from Great Britain owns a collection of more than 30,000 banana stickers and someone else maintains an online portfolio of her unlikely treasures. If you happen to find a Chiquita sticker from the 1960s, hold on tight. It's Said to be the rarest banana label out there. So yeah, this guy's got more than thirty thousand banana stickers.
0: I mean, the only thing that the, the only question that I ask, um, it's a very short question as well about that one. Is um,
1: why? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, but that's like I said, it's one of those things. As a kid, or or, or even now, you you'll pick. I remember a, a place I worked. You, I, would pick up like I'd the um the Pink Lady apple, and you'd have stick on that, and I'd take it off and I'd stick it on someone's monitor. They might have had <laughs> like twenty or thirty, but once that gets to that level, they they rip them off and chuck them in the bin. <laughs> um this one here is a bit weird. Celebrity hair collection.
0: Yeah, this one's a little bit creepy, yeah. but fair enough. I understand where
1: you're going with this one now. Yeah, although I'm not sure. It says, um seeking out celebrity hair to display in one's home sounds a bit stalkerish, but don't worry. The Guinness World Record holder for the biggest biggest and most valuable collection of hair isn't ambition red carpets to pluck strands out of famous people's heads. Through auctions he's accumulated the locks on the likes of Abraham Lincoln, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe and Beethoven, just to name a few. According to the guy, during the Victoria era collecting strands of hair was sort of like snagging an autograph today. <laughs> I dunno, that just feels a bit weird. Having hair. Is that-
0: how do, you, how do you prove? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, if you've got a signature on a piece of paper, like it can be authenticated. Like, what do you need to do to sell your collection of hair? Like, DNA test the hair against the original person? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand.
1: But that, but that does feel weird. I mean, having a signature is one thing, but having someone's hair just feels odd to me. I don't know. It's a bit too personal,
0: and it's a bit, it's a bit like, it's a bit, um, stanny.
1: Yeah, and like you said, how do you get it verified that that is who it is?
0: Yeah, like I mean if there's a market for it, I'm not not saying that we would ever have My
1: do it. My next haircut, last hairdress, cute sound and it's I don't know, Keanu Reeves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know, to, is, so the fact that you said Keanu Reeves was the biggest name that you could think of immediately was like you're definitely a nineties kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh dude. um I'll just do a couple more sugar packet collection, right? Uh, there's a guy called Ralph Schroeder. is currently the world record holder with 14,502 different packets of sugar
0: again just i don't understand why but 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 yeah okay i guess play, in,
1: in in imagine in 30 years time people are say what well, are all these pokemon cards or football stickers <laughs> yeah
0: m- yeah may, maybe maybe the only thing is with like sugar packets i guess is there's like like i understand yeah maybe particular sugar packets can be limited i guess but in terms of like just the general market for them like what what is the like what what is the enjoyment that you're getting? So for instance, a lot of the Pokemon one is because people enjoyed the show and wanted a physical bit of the yeah, show yeah. to have with yeah. them. The thing with like the sugar thing, the, and the, the, I won't speak on the hair one, the and the, <laughs> and the banana label is like, but, but, but what, for, like, what are you why? enjoying about why? that collection?
1: This next one, I think is funny, but it's not the reason why they first started collecting it. Right. So traffic cone collection. Now, when I saw that, I thought they've got pissed on a night out. They've nicked a traffic cone. They woke up with a traffic (laughs) cone. (laughs) That would have been awesome. But it's not. It was um, this guy acquired his first traffic cones when a rival plastic manufacturing company sued his company over the design of a cone. He hunted down cones to prove that his design already existed and he won. But even after the case was closed, he couldn't stop collecting those tantalizing orange cones. (laughs) He's now got five hundred, but he's still looking for an elusive five-sided cone. And 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 that's it. There's there's a couple more. The, the only other sort of funny one. This guy's got a um a collection of six hundred and seventy-five back scratchers. Uh,
0: <laughs> again, again. Li- maybe you get physical, like, but but does he use them? Would well, be the this guy. I, I mean,
1: to be fair, this guy is he owns a dermatology clinic, but you're not getting it for that. You're getting it because you're addicted. To, to back scratches. and I don't know if you've ever seen the thing I like saying back scratcher. I don't know if you've ever watched Family Guy, but there's an episode where he's walking around and he's just going back scratcher, back scratcher, and I've just got that <laughs> running through my head. But, uh, but no, that was it. And I, I think it was just to highlight, though, that you know we're looking at that and find odd, and some of them are odd, but it's just yeah, when you go through time and you see what we collect and the fads and phases. I mean, anything is collectible now. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, anything- it's true. Yeah. Anything can be a craze or a, or a collection. It's it's just bizarre, but, but yeah. Yes, I nowadays, think, I, I guess
0: think... with the rise of the internet as well, everything's got a market for it. There's like a community dedicated to everything online, whether that be on Twitter, on Instagram, on Reddit, whatever it might be. Yeah, there are people that will really enjoy the same stuff that you do.
1: Yeah, but and, and that's what I'm thinking though. Are we losing? You know, NFTs now are the things, and 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 we've mentioned that in another podcast on cryptocurrency. But are we losing? The physical, the physicality of collecting, which is why
0: you did it in the first
1: place. Yeah, and and which is why maybe some of the things are coming back, like re- uh, vinyls coming back. I I even hear now that tape cassettes are coming back, you know, which I don't know why. Even I stopped short of uh of, of you know the old music sets. It's but... <laughs> just going to be loads
0: of people on the bus with their finger in that hole, <laughs> yeah, re- pen- rewinding pen- their cassette.
1: Yeah, pens are turning around, and and it's like you know, I. <laughs> so are we going to slowly lose? that kind of thing because more it's more digital but now you can still collect things digitally but it's just for me anyway it goes back to what we said about like even photos now it loses something because you have to log onto your laptop or whatever to to find it i I don't know it'll be interesting to see in 20 years time what people are collecting god imagine how many celebrities hair that bloke will have yeah 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 (laughs) i see i see i'm done there on that i think yeah let's leave you without celebrity hair yeah
0: yeah, I mean, if you are listening to this and you do have any weird collections that you have yourself, not necessarily weird, because I'm sure that you would love them, but some that are less mainstream, um, do let us know. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Casting Views or you can pop us an email, castingviewspod at gmail.com. Um, let us know um if you got on board with any of the fads and if you'd heard of any of the ones that we talked about that were a little less well-known. Um, And I will leave you, as always, with... We know there are many podcasts from which you can choose, so we thank you for listening to Casting Views.